Hi, I'm Kenzie. I'm Jamie. And this is the Codependent Podcast. Welcome back to another week. Another day. Another day. <laughs> another time. Our normal Monday podcast coming at you this week. Yes. What did, what did you think about the three times? I think it was too much. I agree. I feel like we're not going to do that again. I don't think <laughs> it wasn't too much work no. per se. Like I really enjoyed filming three. It felt fun to like if like almost Instagram stories because it, it was really like, did. We were just like giving real life, like real time updates yes. almost. Like we recorded Thursday night. We released Friday, Friday afternoon, which is fun. It's so fun. It's it, so fun. Yeah. And I would definitely do it at some point. Our views, our views were so bad. Were they so bad? <laughs> they were so bad. Not so bad, but you can just tell that it's, it's like too much. It's too much. And I think eventually like they'll catch up as people catch up and listen to them. It was just... I don't know. I also felt like the content in the episode wasn't as full as it normally is. Right. It's hard to come up with like three topics a week, especially when we're not like a pop culture um, like podcast. Completely. Because though, like those people, they just analyze pop culture and, and it's like, a lot easier and it's new things yes. are coming out every, every single day. Everything that comes out every day. Yeah. They just talk about it. Yeah. We don't do that. And so that's harder when we're talking about like our real life and not that many exciting things happen within two days. <laughs> Our lives aren't that cool. I wish they were. They're not the Kardashians. No. I mean, we like... Obviously, we kind we of are. kind of are the Kardashians. <laughs> but but I, think, I think we could probably stick to two a week. I really like the idea of two a week. If you guys like that. <laughs> <laughs> if you would listen to us talk for twice a week. We're thinking Monday and Thursday. That way, it's like that's an equidistant amount of time between episodes. And also... It gives you something to listen to like over the weekend. Exactly. And then you can like look forward to our new episode on Mondays and that's just like our normal episode. If, I mean, we're trying to base this off of what you guys want. I know that there are thousands of you that religiously would listen if we put out seven a week. I, yeah, I know. A million percent. But the majority of people don't have time. Don't have time. Which I get. I, I don't have time. Yeah. I barely listen to one podcast a week. Like no. I listen to Bethany's yeah. like exactly. once a week. And so I definitely can understand people being too busy or overwhelmed or like this sounds so bad but like what if you're not interested in what we're talking about like doesn't Completely. matter we'll skip over it we can listen to the new one the next day exactly and that's okay like not every podcast episode is for every person and completely so, I get that but yeah I think we're gonna stick to the two uh, probably two a week we're gonna try that out for maybe a couple weeks and see what you guys think see if our views go up um, because obviously like it's not all about views but views are very important especially as we're like signing partnerships and that we have to like submit averages to if any like agencies or places are interested in signing us in the future. Um, they really want to see like the average downloads per episode. And so it is important to us um, and that you guys are liking it as well. Obviously, yeah. And we don't want to most... just put push content to put push content. We want to be able to... We want it to be valuable to you guys. Yeah. I would... I'm looking at our views right now. I just have it pulled up and it's about down probably like 700 no, than it normally is it's like not horrible no though. it's not that on that specific yeah, one yeah, yeah. um we'll see like the data as like time goes on obviously but Completely. not that we're like super concerned like there like I said there's thousands of you that would listen to us seven days a week we just don't want to also overwhelm with you feel like you have to listen to seven days a week of us talking yeah and, to like not and not every topic you're going to care about and that's totally okay yes but that's why one or two a week is better because hopefully you do like our once a week topic or even our twice a week and if you don't hopefully there is at least one that you like that week completely that you can like really listen to and relate to and binge so, so it was a fun week yeah, to do but it's a fun week. I am glad we're going to be back a little bit more onto our regular schedule yeah and I'm really excited about today's episode also it's literally pouring outside guys yeah, I hope so if you, you hear 
if you can hear that, I'm sorry, but there's nothing we can do about it. We're in a quiet room, but it's pouring outside. Um, anyway, yeah, I was going to say, what was I going to say? You were going to say... I forgot. I forgot to. But I was going to say weekly recap. Yes. Weekly recap. This weekend has been really fun. Yeah, it's been super fun. Actually. We've had so much going on this weekend. We had the escape the room. Oh my gosh. We did like a triple date night, quadruple date night. Quadruple date quadruple, night. Quadruple, that sounds like a lot. And it was so fun. It was we, we definitely so need fun. to do that like once a month or something. Oh, like once a week. Once a week. We filmed <laughs> no, that was, video of us and it was so funny. We did a TikTok. We did the escape the room. And is it escape room? Or I think is it it's escape, escape the room. room. I have always said escape room, but. Then I heard Bethany saying escape the room and it was stressing me. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. That was really fun. And then we went to dinner afterwards, got all the husbands together, which was really fun. We got fun. like six appetizers and they were so good. Bethany is such an appy girl, which is She hilarious. is and it's made me such an appy It girl. has made you such an appy girl. I love it. I love it so much. I like hate it because obviously it adds like so much to your bill. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, if we get six apps and we all split them, each person takes one, it's not that big of a deal. Okay, six apps would be six couples. We had, f- I think we I had know. three apps. We did four apps with four couples. What did we do? We had margarita pizza, pizza. popper empanadas. We had, you wouldn't like them, they're jalapenos. Why did I not get one? I don't know. We did like- I pay for them? Because I did not eat a jalapeno <laughs> popper. Oh, he probably did. I did not see those on the table. Yeah, they were like empanadas that were jalapeno poppers. They were good. And then we had loaded fries. Oh, those were delicious. And then we had pretzel. Pretzel. Yeah. So it was good. We did have four. It was and good. And they were all bomb. Yeah. Literally. So sorry. that was like a super fun night. Yeah. That, that was, was just really like fun. a feel good night. Saturday, we had lunch with our grandma. <laughs> we had to drive literally 45 minutes to get lunch with our it grandma. Was so far. But I'm glad we did it. Yeah. It was nice. Our good grandma lives her. up in Prescott, so she doesn't get to see us very often. So it was really was fun. fun. And then Saturday night, we had Bethany's kids' birthday party, oh Alice and Bronx, and. It was really fun it was a until a craft show happened. I feel so bad because this has no reflection whatsoever on Bethany or or her or her family or anything. She booked this place in Gilbert. Like, um, It looked so cute. It was supposed to be online. It looked so cute. It was supposed to be like this. It was called like Charming Pony Parties. So don't ever book a party there if you are in Gilbert or yeah. in Arizona and you're looking at it. But they pretty much like deceived everybody like first of all by their pictures online they looked super nice and it was pretty run down and they they um said that they had air conditioning in like their princess castle and which it's too it's july it's, it's july 110 you, degrees outside. you literally have to have air conditioning in there and we go in there air conditioner is broken no airflow nothing the kids faces are bright red yeah, like pacing gets so red and luckily bethany had like tons of water and stuff but i still felt so bad and it, that was even on a nice night like we got lucky with the weather because a storm was coming in and yep. so we had a breeze like it wasn't 110 degrees outside that was, this wasn't even the worst part of the party. No, that wasn't even the worst part, but I was kidding. But you tell the worst part. <laughs> well, the girl, all the kids wanted to do like the pony rides. So the kids are like getting on and off ponies. And first just... of all, Navy and Payson were on these ponies. Yeah. And I was kind of like, well, first of all, I was standing outside the fence area and you were in there and I was like, oh, take some videos for me. And then I realized I finished my conversation. So I had time. So I like go out there and I'm like walking fast. And she's like, oh, don't, don't walk fast. Like you'll scare them. I'm like, that's odd. You have children like around these ponies. It's weird that I can't even walk fast. But I was like, okay, yeah, totally. Like safety. Love it. Love it. Love the safety. Love the safety. I'm okay. I'm I'm okay for that. And then Payson got on her horse and I was like, okay, wait, hold on. Let me take a picture really quick. And the like 
trainer was like trying to get the pony's head literally just up and I showed you this video it was scary yeah. like the pony kept shaking its head and like, and, like they just like hit their head yeah, up and like Payson, bobbing yeah Payson has no idea what she's doing but I was like okay it's fine like like some horses do that like it's, it's okay it's fine I yeah. br- and like both of these things we both brushed off because we were like we're being drama and just like yeah you know scared for our children but then I was like, okay, pacing, like, go on your way. So then I turned around and I was taking videos of Navy because you weren't in there. Yep. Then you came over. So then I went over by pay and the pony still was like just nodding their head, like being weird, was not listening to the trainer and pacing yeah. said, I want to get off mommy. And I said, that's fine. You can get off. No worries. So yeah. she got off and we let, we got off and we were fine. Yeah, was we fine. got off. Bethany was the one putting helmets on every single child. Yeah. Too. And by the way, these trainers literally were 13 year old girls, like 13 to 16 years one old. One of them was wearing a 4-H shirt, like one, literally doing 4-H. Yeah. Which like, okay, that's like, okay, you obviously have been around animals. Yeah. Like, but 13 year olds taking care of two year olds on ponies. On ponies is not safe whatsoever. So, so then Lolo, Lolo Webb's daughter, Savannah, got on one of the ponies. It was the same pony Navy was riding. Sketch. And... She like, like gets on right, right as she gets on. The pony starts like bucking, rearing and, up, bucking. And luckily, Savannah's ridden horses before, so she was just holding on. She like, was like holding on forever. Finally, got thrown off the horse underneath the horse. Underneath, she was literally underneath the underneath horse. of. And these are ponies, not horses. Which thank goodness, thank goodness. But also, ponies do have a temperament compared to horses. Like I've gotten multiple messages and Justin told me to like, he's never had ponies because they're mean. They're known for being kind of mean. Yeah. Like you have to have a lot of training. Yeah. Ponies can be amazing. Like Justin's brother has a pony right now. Gentlest, sweetest pony. Like literally depends a one-year-old can them. ride that pony. Yeah. But they need extensive training because they're known to be yeah. kind of like irritable. And so she gets thrown off this pony and normal horses have the instinct to step away from a human because they're obviously like annoyed at something being on their back. Once something's thrown off, they'll step away. Yeah. No, this no. horse was stepping on top of Savannah. This pony, pony is trying to trample her. She literally kicked her in the head, kicked her in the yeah, leg. Savannah knew what to do. She like literally roll, like she rolled like covered her, her face. stomach. She moved her helmet to like make sure it was tight on her head. And, and Savannah's also nine years old. Like I'm not glad that that happened to her, but I can't even imagine if that happened to a two-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old. Like, Ellis She's, was on that horse. Ellis was on that horse. I can't even imagine how much worse it could have been. It physically makes me sick. Yeah, to think it about. was. It was really scary. Her, and the trainer was like just holding on to the horse's leash. Like she, no, she kept have, saying, "Stop it! Stop it!" To the and horse. She should have grabbed Savannah off the horse immediately and like let the horse, let the pony calm down for a little bit. And it was just bad all around. And then the trainer was like trying to. Talk the dad to had to run up and push the pony, yeah. like literally, because it was trampling her daughter his Beth- daughter and bethany was like i had to trade her helmet because i didn't like like the way the helmet was fitting in the beginning and, but so none I of the owners it, or workers cared why why was that bethany's job it wasn't like, it w- should not be bethany's no. job so i mean it just sucked because it happened at bethany's children's birthday party and bethany was obviously very upset yeah. we were all upset we none of none of our kids rode the ponies after that and we so, were just like oh my gosh that yeah. wasn't it was then just the, a lot. the actual worst part is like okay that that sucks i'm like you, you're always taking a risk with animals. You always are, no matter what. You're taking Absolutely. a risk. Absolutely. The worst part is the fact that the owner and the trainer, the t- quote trainers, literally did not say sorry. She said, oh, sorry, that's horses are horses. And which horses are horses. Horses are horses. A hundred percent. But you should not have horses that are horses just around two-year-old children any children yeah like if you are having a business where people are riding your horses also there was no waiver nothing nothing so like if you're having that happen then you need to be fully trained and yeah. you need to make sure that these ponies well, are or very well trained if something happens like that which is an accident nobody's fault whatever you 
immediately apologize. You immediately take fault. You make it right. You make it right. They were like, okay, we'll give you one of the ponies for free. Discounted. Discounted. And like, I think two other, Payson and Navy were the first ones to ride the ponies. Like, so after that, then it was Savannah. So, and right. Like I even got to ride the ponies. And I showed Justin the videos and he was like, holy crap. Like right away he said, those ponies look super malnourished, which is so, so sad. Yep. They're, they had like, they were trying to be cutesy. They had these blankets, like these really thin, like silk blankets on the back of the horses. And from, from Navy's video to Savannah's video that we saw, it was like this silk blanket had fallen like down to the horse's tail. Like that, Justin was like, that could have been the reason. Like the silk blanket was at its butt, at its tail, could have been bugging the, like yeah. anything could have but instead, these people literally messaged Bethany and said she probably kicked the pony getting on it. If she kicks the pony, she kicks the pony. She's she's a, a nine-year-old kid. Yeah. So anyway, that was insane. And I feel so bad <laughs> that for was Bethany. Our day. And obviously, it was but not Bethany's Payson fault. Payson hasn't but. shut up about how much fun she had at the party. No, exactly. And that's what matters. Like, the kids had fun. Savannah was in good spirits when she left. And... It just sucked. It just sucked. That was, And I feel bad mostly, for, I mean, obviously for Savannah, but she's fine. Thank goodness. But like Bethany, like that sucks. It was her kid's birthday. Like, like that's, that, that's what she's going to remember forever yeah. for her life. But luckily, the, none of the kids saw it really. None like, of the kids really saw it. Yeah. Navy didn't really know what I was talking about. She came home and Justin said, how was the party? And she said, it was actually so fun. Yeah. No. So Payson, she had no Payson idea. Payson called mom last night and was like raving about how she saw unicorns. Yeah, exactly. So, so. I'm like, luckily the kids had no idea, but. Yeah, don't ever go to charming pony parties if you're here. <laughs> that is the moral of the story. That's the moral of our story. Um, huge things happening tomorrow. Our product for Adobe Lane is literally in Phoenix right now, which is so exciting. Literally. Okay, do you keep getting questions about what Adobe Lane is? Yes. I get hundreds of DMs. In my and thing, somebody said, what's Adobe Lane? Like literally 50 At questions. least 50 times. I feel like we've talked about it enough for people to understand it. Well, but we finally released it. I think that the problem is we released the name on a fly. We're like, that's Adobe Lane. People are like, wait, wh- what? I know. I mean, I and agree. so we kind of just like did that. So I get it why people are wondering, but Adobe Lane is our company. It's coming out so <laughs> Obviously, soon. Obviously, all you podcast fam know. Yeah. You on, guys know. On, so tomorrow, which is Monday, which actually will be today for you guys, we get our product and me and Jamie are going to take photos on Tuesday. That yes. was like our product photo day okay. on Tuesday. So... Photos could be coming so soon, which means we could be announcing so soon. Videos. We have videographers. We aren't launching until August 26th. So 29th. Sorry. Our 26th is our launch party. So (laughs) we might – we'll see how many details we give, but we should be giving details very Very shortly, and you You won't have to be annoyed by us anymore. (laughs) But we're very excited. It's been a long time coming, and I literally just cannot wait. I honestly cannot wait. So So. there's our weekly recap. Okay. Kind of – merging topics from the weekly recap we were talking about question boxes yes the hottest topic of discussion right now let's just (laughs) the hottest let's just talk about mormons our religion yes we got so many questions i always get so many questions such a hot topic mom talk mormon mom talk taylor frankie paul like has just made mormonism blow up People are like so intrigued, but also so, so like disgusted. At completely, completely. And We're so we have been seeing so soft swinging. We have been seeing this post kind of go around. Um, it's from a girl named Sabrina Phillips Jones. And a lot of our member friends are posting it. A lot of her non-member friends are commenting on it. So we kind of thought we would share our thoughts, our thoughts on it because it, 
Oh my gosh. Whoa, the power's about to the go power out. power almost just went out. That was weird. That was weird. My heart just dropped. It um, looks like it's lightning I, right outside your window. There is. I'm stressed. It is lightning. So, okay. So we're going to just dissect. Let's just dissect this post. I think there's a lot of good in this post. And I also think that there are some major flaws in this post. I see where this girl's heart was at. And I genuinely think it was in the right place. I do too. But this is just our thoughts and opinions on it. This is not anything to do with her. Just, okay. just our thoughts. Yes, I don't know who she is. She's yeah. not an influencer. She's nobody. I mean, she's <laughs> she so mean. No. She that, that came out so wrong. She's not nobody. She that's so mean. I didn't mean it like that. She just we don't know her in person. She's not influencer. She just wrote this post, and a lot of people have been resharing. She literally it. has seventy eight thousand likes, so she's somebody now. Yeah, do, regardless. Hey, but she, have you seen? Look at. Okay, she had like nine hundred followers a day ago. Yeah, but now she has. 3,900 followers. Yeah, so she's somebody. She, she is. I didn't I'm just mean kidding. Like that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so this is her post. It says, she's, yeah, it's literally it. a white background with black words. Do you want, should we read the whole thing and then mm-hmm. dissect it? Let's read one thing at a time. I agree with that. Okay. Okay. My thoughts on church culture and why I stay. With the anonymous question trend going around right now, I've been reading a lot of people answering questions about why they have left the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. AKA Mormon. I'm so grateful to these people who have been vulnerable and sharing their hearts. I learned so much from them of the things not to do and feel pretty well educated on unhelpful, hurtful cultural beliefs that I hope to help change going forward. Love. Then she says, but in all caps, in all caps sorry, that probably got really loud for you guys. Yeah. Jamie, can you be quiet? Jeez. Oh, okay. I love that she started that. Like she's grateful for people who are vulnerable, that she's learning so much from them. She feels pretty educated on the unhelpful, hurtful cultural beliefs that she hopes to help change. Love all of that. Love. The fact that you say but to anything, you just invalidated everything that you just said. You invalidated that you care that people are vulnerable sharing their hearts. You invalidated all of that. I'm sorry. The second you say the word but, you invalidate anything you just said. That's my opinion. You could instead say, in addition, I'd like to add. Because yes. that's just saying. Or just dot, dot, dot. Go on, on. to the next thing. I just, I, that just really bugs me for some reason. You go. I'm afraid that a message is spreading that that church cultural sucks. culture sucks and who would want to be part of an organization full of mean, judgmental, small-minded people. I actually think the culture is so much better than we give credit for, but the stories of bad bishops or the mean lady in Relief Society are getting shouted from the rooftops. Don't get me wrong. Let's bring it up so that change can happen, but let's not drown out the good. There, there is so much good. Okay. First of all, the message is spreading that church culture sucks. Church culture does suck. Church culture does suck. So we're spreading a true message. The yeah. culture isn't good in our church. And I think any member of the church can, can agree, see the faults at least. Can see the faults at least. It does, we're not saying, I mean, I think within any organized religion, there are. There's pros there's, and cons. There's, there is culture that sucks in every single religion. I don't know a single religion that the culture doesn't suck in. No, I, even our like close Christian friends are like stuff in their church or their culture or the judgment that they disagree with. Absolutely. And, and that's okay. I like that she says the culture is so much better than we give credit for. Like, okay, I agree. There is literally, you guys, there is so much good that comes from our church. We wouldn't stay in our church if there wasn't good parts of our church. And good parts of the culture. Like, there's great parts of the culture, but there also is really hard, full of mean, judgmental, small-minded people. And that's what we're trying to change, though. Yes. So then the, the part, the, all the beginning, I could understand and agree with. It's getting into the part that said the stories of the mean bishop, the bad bishops or mean relief society are getting shouted from the rooftops. That is a little bit invalidating people that have left the church because of bad bishops or mean relief society. 
that is a fair enough reason to and leave. Relief Society is like our women group. So like the men and women will split up on on one Sunday for the second hour of church just for people yes. that don't know what and Relief Society is. Talk. And you just, yeah, you talk. lessons. Yep. You like our women getting together talking about stuff you're facing, stuff that's going on in the world, and like what our prophets are telling us. Yes. So, but saying... The, the stories of bishop, mean bishop, bad bishops or mean ladies are really started getting shouted from the rooftops. Don't get me wrong. Let's bring it up so it can change. But that's not drowned out the good. It's saying that the good is outweighing the bad bishops and the mean relief society when there are people that have left from bad bishops and mean relief society and that's enough for them. That's okay for them. And that's, that's We all have our own choice on what why we stay. Completely. And for them, if they had a bad bishop that they had a horrible experience with, then that's enough for them. And we can't invalidate that they left for that reason. Completely, It's okay that they left for that reason. Even if that's not the reason that I don't leave the church, because I do believe that there's bad bishops, but I also believe that there's amazing bishops out there who literally change people's lives. Like we've had great bishops. We've also had not so great bishops. I've never, luckily for me, I've never had a horrible experience with a bishop, Yes, but I never want to invalidate other people's experience of why they choose to leave because that's frankly none of my business. So this is actually a comment on this post from one of our friends who we're actually having on the podcast in a couple days. A week, a week, a day, I don't know. She commented and I love her comment because I feel like it was exactly what I'm trying to say. It says, as someone who has traumatizing experiences in the church, I think it's important to not minimize the harmful experiences people have. A bad bishop or a mean relief society can do a lot of harm on people's spiritual and emotional health. And the phase focus on the good can be a quick way to sweep those things under the rug. I do love focusing on the good too. It just truly takes taking time to have space for everyone's experiences. And I think that is such a good way of putting it because I don't think, and I don't think that this girl who wrote this is trying to minimize harmful experiences, but I think she's trying to speak about the good, which is a very good message to send, but it is definitely minimizing the people who have had bad experiences. I totally agree. So, okay, moving on. Next So slide. she ends with saying there's so much good. So she says, let's talk about the youth getting together to pull weeds for widows in their free time. Let's talk about the miracle of ministering to have a support system no matter where we go in the world. Let's talk about prayer and how it heals us and connects us to heaven. Let's talk about how our families can be together forever. I, I love this. She's like saying all the good stuff, but she stops talking about the culture. Number two. Number two. She says two things about the culture, which is the youth getting together to pull weeds for widows, which... And then she talks about the miracle of ministering. Ministering is like you're kind of assigned to two sisters that you can go check on. You bring treats to. You just kind of watch out for. And there's like that's just kind of like a, a system in our church that yes. we do. And um, so they're, they're both great a, things. Yes, they're having a support system no matter where we go in the world. Like that's worldwide. But yeah, those are both great things. Those are both cultural things about our church that are literally amazing. Yeah, I'll say and like th- when we moved to Idaho, like having like. We moved to Idaho. We had the same exact church. We were just in a different place. And the sisters were amazing. I I actually taught Relief Society and I felt like it was the best, like the best classes I've ever had because we all related to the same exact time and place. We were talking about having babies and families and people going through miscarriages and people going through trials. And it was such a support system. Like incredible. It was huge for me. Yes. It was huge. And that's amazing. And let's talk about the, the like when I had Navy and Rossi, I had meals for weeks. Yeah. Like brought to my door from people in church that signed up. That's a cultural thing that I think is amazing. Let's talk about literally our friend Bethany moving, not even a member of the church, and six missionaries show up at her house to help her move. Like our church is so giving and the culture can be, can be so good. Amazing. Like so incredible. We're always noted as the first people there for any natural disaster. Yep. Any donations, like 
our church gives and gives and they're there for things. And so I think that's definitely something to not look past because it is important. I agree. And we should talk about those things. Yeah, absolutely. She should should talk about things. But moving along. Yeah, moving along. Then she talks about things that are doctrinal, like prayer and how our families can be together forever. Those are doctrinal things in our church, not cultural things. And so like getting messy, I'm confused on the culture, but like you're talking about the things I get, Justin and I have talked about this a lot. And he's like, I think what she's saying is why she stays in the church, which is these reasons. So I'm not invalidating. I doubt she thought her post would blow up the way it has. No, I totally. So I think she was speaking from a personal standpoint. And and I'm not going to invalidate anything she says. This is just my thoughts on it. I completely agree. Let's talk about the power and the protection of covenants. Let's talk about Jesus, his strength, love, and power he gives us. I 100%. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about all of that. Because that's all, everything that she just listed is good things. Those are all great things. They're great things, but they're not cultural. No. Jesus isn't cultural. Yeah. Jesus is doctrinal. That's a doctrine. We believe in Jesus. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. I choose to stay not because I'm brainwashed, not because I'm worried what people would think if I don't go, or because I'm afraid of sin or just want blessings from being obedient. Not that obedience and blessings work like a vending machine, but sometimes make it sound that way. I actually really like that. Yeah, I like. I like, and, and I like she's just saying why she chooses to stay. Love it. Love it. I stay an active member of the church because I want to be. Being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ fills my soul with love and purpose. My spirituality connects me to heaven and makes me indescribably happy. There are plenty of cultural beliefs and judgmental tendencies among members that I hate, but my spirituality is between me and God. And I know that this is his church because by their fruits shall ye know, know them. And the fruits I've experienced make my life as sweet as can be despite, and maybe especially during hard times. So I stay. I mean, can't yeah. invalidate that. No, that's all that's her how feelings. She, that's that's, that's why she stays. Feelings. And I love that she says my spirituality connects me to heaven and makes me indescribably happy because at the end of the day, well, this yeah. is about you and your relationship and with God. And she's like, by their fruit shall they they know them. And she said from her personal fruits that yes. she's personally experienced. Yes. Great so, things. Okay. That's it. not invalidating anybody else's. She said if you, the way that I perceive this is yes. that if you have a bad experience in the church, that's fine and that's your experience and you're more than welcome to leave the church if you had a bad experience I like the way that she put that I think that that was respectful I agree and if you've left I love you I promise I won't judge you or even think about what you wear or what you drink tell me what you're tell me about your time at the nightclub or if you're gay tell me about your partner I want to know you and love you for you I genuinely want you to live your life in a way that makes you feel whole I pray for your healing because I know leaving isn't easy all I feel is love I love her ending. Same. I literally love that. I'm like, yes, I agree with everything she said there. I completely agree. I think one thing that like has made it hard to like make friends that are non-members is one of the major things I think is because people don't want to like talk about their lives and what they're doing and not feel judgment. Judgment. I mean, I feel the same about like Kendall, our sister. I always have to like clarify yes. Kendall our sister she's gay um not Kendall Hines you <laughs> um but like Kendall for instance I'm like I feel so much closer to her when I can speak to her about her relationships when I can speak to her about the things that she does on the weekends and like I don't want her to ever feel like she has to hide something from me that I'm going to judge her on and the same goes with our friends and I think sometimes it's hard for people to like not feel judgment because the culture of the church is just automatically they're going to judge me without knowing who you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, completely. And so I think, I don't know, I feel 50-50 about her post because I feel like I love a lot of what she said, but I also really don't like a lot of what she said because I do, I just don't think we can invalidate anybody's experience with the church. And 
it's it's okay to talk about the bad because we have to change and you guys like change is happening and like but it's happening because we're talking about it yes it's not because we're trying to say the church culture like the church not the church culture the church sucks leave the church don't become a member of our church it's horrible we're trying to say this is really bad culturally we need to change because otherwise people will never join our church absolutely they won't because who yeah who wants to join a church like that no nobody nobody. and so I think that we're talking about it and we're making change like the bad bishop thing our church has now has like put out a new thing within the last couple of years that bishops should not be alone with children. Like you can have the option to have somebody in there with you. I And yes. I will never, ever, ever let my daughters or my son, if I ever have a son, be in alone with the bishop. No, I think I don't it care should be who's a, I think it should be a rule, not an option. Not an option. I agree. And I think that hopefully that will come. But I truly believe that. I don't care who goes with Navy or Rossi. Like you can go. Payson can go. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know, don't be alone. You're never going to be alone. But like those changes like has happened in the last 10 years since I was in. Oh, even I w- five years. I didn't even know somebody could come in the room with me. No. And there were so many inappropriate things that are being said by bishops. Like yeah. you can get away with so much more when there's not an adult present or when there's not another human it's, being present. Yeah. So he that's huge. Said, yeah. And again, that change needs to happen. That we need to talk about it for it to change. It doesn't, it can't be chalked up to a bad bishop or a bad relief society president. It needs to be, that is a bad human. That is a bad bishop. He is human. He made mistakes. What can we do to fix those mistakes so that they never happen again? again I completely Instead agree. of, oh, it was just one bad bishop. Move on. Because it's not just one bad bishop and we're learning that it's not one bad bishop. Yeah. It is multiple bad bishops across the board because so many people are having the exact same experience living in different places. And they're speaking out. But if we never speak out about it, no change will ever happen. And so that's where I'm at with it. I think that... We need to talk about the good, but we also equally need to talk about the bad Bingo. so that change can happen Bingo. and then more good can happen. Yes. So I think we just, we, I've been, I've been seeing this post everywhere and it was just heavy on my heart Me too. to not talk about it Yeah. because like you said, it's 50, 50 and I never want to reshare. I, I, part of me wanted to reshare it because 50% of me liked what she said, but also I'm not going to share something I'm not a hundred percent set on. Me, so me I kind of wanted That's to, why I didn't but I like the way that she said a lot of it. So I wanted to talk my way through it. You know what I Me mean? Too. Like analyze I, it. Analyze it. I've been thinking about it a lot. So Me too. Because I see that. it literally everywhere. Yes. Everyone's been resharing that. And, yeah. I'm, and if you don't care, I'm sorry. Skip past all of this. <laughs> we are talking about it because I, totally. I just like, yeah, the Mormon culture is so big right now. I agree. So now let's tangent on over to a different topic. Now we're going to talk about our Enneagrams, which it, I guess not just our Enneagrams. We're yes. going to talk about our personalities. Yes. We took multiple tests and we took tests for each other. Which was fun. We had our husbands take tests. We did love languages. So it's kind of going to be fun. Learn more about like deeper about us. I think this came from me and Jamie had to take this video of each other where we talked about our strengths and weaknesses as a pair and as sisters and as friends. And I, for me, I, we've been talking about Enneagrams for a really long time. Last time we went to Utah with our friends, we all like did Enneagram tests. We were all talking about them and me and Jamie have been like super invested in Enneagrams lately, but we have kind of used that to our advantage in not only our friendship and like our sisterhood, but also in our businesses because we have Adobe Lane and we do have the podcast and it's been really cool to see how we work really well together and also in our weaknesses it can be such a good way to evaluate like why are you why are you butting heads with somebody like 
what like what is the reasoning behind butting heads like I did me and DJs and I can tell you right now why we butt heads like yep. literally I can tell you, you right, know why I know why because our Enneagram types are different and I can see his strengths and his weaknesses and he can see my strengths and weaknesses and we can try to understand each other better and, and not it just, play off of the weaknesses exactly but focus on the strengths when you're communicating and like I have specific like stressors and specific like fears like I fear um let's see what do I fear well what? just go into your whole thing okay sorry okay so <laughs> anyway I'm just saying the way that you can connect with somebody you can understand yes. them a lot better even though your Enneagram type is very different like yes. I understand your Enneagram type even though it's not me Dif- yeah exactly so anyway, anyway okay so I am a three wing two which means my three is my highest but my two is second highest I took it for myself and that's what I got. Jamie took it for me and she also got the same thing. Yes, I did. Which she thought I was going to be an Enneagram 2. Yeah, I, I well first I didn't think you were going to be that. I just thought that that's that was what, what I you was. were. I thought when you took it that's what you were. So the Enneagram like 3 is called the achiever with a wing 2 of a helper. So yes, that's so what that means. Wing 3 3 wing 2 is the enchanter when you put it together. Okay. Yes. So that's that's what yours is called. My basic fear is afraid of failing and being unworthy of love. They try to avoid this by setting and accomplishing goals in order to feel successful and worthy. My basic desire is to be admired and accepted. I seek value through accomplishments, which may push them deeper into work. I can see that. Strengths. (laughs) Achieving their goals. Naturally self-confident and self-aware. Ability to easily connect with others. Deep Caring deeply for community being efficient in the workplace. My weaknesses are heavily focused on social image, struggling to accept failure failure from others, being overly competitive or possessive, tendency to be unintentionally manipulative. I feel that. Stress, failing or disappointing loved ones, having a bad image or reputation, feeling like they have to constantly entertain, struggling to balance personal and professional lives. What do you think? I think that that's all pretty accurate things. Like I feel like, I feel like the Enneagram is a good, like it, it, asks multiple questions like ask the same question multiple ways yes yeah so you kind of like I think this is the most spot-on personality test I've ever taken that you've ever taken yeah just personally I think I definitely focus on my social image too much much. and I think that that doesn't like you get value from what other people think of you absolutely which is like not necessarily a bad thing but it can Uh, be if you let it overtake you it can be a bad bad thing completely and I definitely think my stressor is like disappointing people yes and have having a bad image and reputation like I very much like don't want people to be disappointed in me and I also think that that's something that like DJ knows and so he always like is super validating to like let me know that I haven't disappointed somebody even if I have failed at something even if I haven't done well at something like I'm always he's always just like really yes. overly persistent on like babe I'm proud of you you're doing a great job like we love you you like know he can focus on that so part of you. that's mine I've learned a lot from it so no it's so true it's, but yeah it's really I do cool. feel like it's like um you definitely set goals and you like to set goals and you want to achieve them and naturally self-confident and self-aware. So those are good. Good. I love the Enneagram. I think that's spot on. No, I completely agree. You are a six. Yes. I am an Enneagram type six. I I tested for her too. And I actually did get a six as well. She did. Ours were like very similar when I, our bubbles were like a tiny bit different, which is just the way we answer a question, which could have been like neutral versus a tiny bit of agreement or disagreement. So um, that's like kind of when you take the test and we'll post links to these tests because they're just really fun to learn more about yourself. But um, I'm a Enneagram type six and what that is, it's called the loyalist and the loyalist is the committed security oriented type. Sixes are reliable, hardworking, responsible, and trustworthy. 
excellent troubleshooters. They foresee problems and foster cooperation, but can also become defensive, evasive, and anxious, running on stress while complaining about it. Which I don't, I feel like I'm not really a complainer, but I see, I can see like why that would be. I don't feel like you complain very much. Yeah, I don't think I'm a complainer, which is a good thing. <laughs> but I definitely, um, they can be cautious and indecisive, but also reactive, defiant, and rebellious, which is oh, kind of funny. Okay. I can definitely see myself being on the more cautious end. Like I don't love to try new things or get out of my comfort zone a lot. Um, so I think that that's definitely me. But I also feel like I am a very loyal, like I feel like that's me. I would definitely define you as like committed, security oriented, yeah. like reliable, responsible, hardworking, trustworthy. Um, they typically have problems with self-doubt and suspicion. Suspicion me. is so you. I know. Literally. <laughs> I'm suspicious of everybody, everything. Which is so funny because I feel like, I know that Rossi's a baby, but like, I feel like she almost got that from you. Oh yeah. Like she's very she's like. very suspicious of everything. Everything. But then once she loves you, she loves you. And, and I feel me. like you're the same exact yeah. way. But like the second, not the second, but like if you screw me over, I'm like completely done with you. And, and I like, don't have a problem cutting you off I'll at all. I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. I love you. <laughs> like, no, but I feel like that is interesting. And self-doubt is something that I definitely, I think we all feel self-doubt. I, say, points, I but definitely feel like my, one of my weaknesses is self-doubt yeah, for sure. And I think that self-doubt leads to like being anxious as well because you're like kind of always just like in an anxious doubting state of who you are when, you're, when you're at your like weak point. Yes. And then at your high points is when you're, so it says like your basic fears with being out, being without support and guidance. And then your basic desires to have security and support, which I feel like is definitely me and I think I looked for that when I was finding a husband too. Completely. Like, without knowing that this was my Enneagram. Yes. I looked for no, I making sure I felt completely. very, very secure in a relationship. And I feel like a lot of your Enneagram does come from your childhood I too. Was, <gasps> we are on the same wavelength <laughs> right now because I was about to ask you how much of this do you think is nature versus nurture? Oh, I think a lot of it is is nurture, nurture right? Yeah. How, how you were nurtured like growing up where I never felt secure or safe. And so... I seek that like so much in my adult life. Well, and I feel like your family, I wouldn't say is particularly loyal. And no, so at you've all. You've always been like, I'm I've been going to be the loyal and responsible. One of your yes. characteristics is responsible. You've had to be responsible from a very young age. Yep. What about you? I don't, I don't know. I feel like my mom, I feel like our mom is very, not that she's not like, she's, she's not the most nurturing human. No, she's, she's not like, I feel like we've seen a different side of her as a Gigi. Oh, a hundred percent. Versus a mom. I think I was scared of failing because I don't think my mom failed very much. No. And if she, she never showed her failures. Bingo. And so that's like, yeah, you always wanted. So I was always like looking towards like my goals because that's what my, that's what mom did. And she always did that kind of for us. And mom is also very confident. And so I think that that natural self-confidence probably comes from I think mom and dad are both confident people very and, and same with Kendall and so, yeah, Caitlin exactly so I feel like that is probably like a like a nature, natural just like, like thing that happened that in our family came through I will say like having a bad image or reputation can almost be a little bit religious for completely. me completely because I feel I like totally agree. especially growing up in a small town everybody knew everybody's business and yeah. so I think it was kind of big for our family to not have a bad reputation within like the church and within the and culture within the community. and within the community and so I think maybe that came from that a little bit I'm um, feeling like I constantly had to entertain I feel like that's just my personality yeah I agree. as like a gymnast as a cheerleader yep. and just my human nature I think I that's just my that personality because like, yeah. Kendall's not like that no and I feel like and Kat's not like that Kat's either. Not like this. So I think that for me was like that's just nature yeah. but I definitely feel like my like work 
my I mean mom literally got like ulcers in her stomach from overworking herself yes. so I feel like I got that like personality trait from, from my mom, mom yes because my dad's I would say he's a little more chill he's a lot laid back he, more, I would love for him to take I this would, test I would love we need to get dad to take yeah this let's test. get dad I bet he's like test. the same as DJ honestly I was gonna say probably yeah but I, so I feel like in some ways yes but some ways I think I just am who I am because I, I think it also can show with siblings like Caitlin and Kendall being very different from me, I feel like me and Caitlin and Kendall would all have very different anagram types, even though we were all raised the same. I completely agree. So there is some nature, but there is some nurture because I think Kat maybe would be along a three. Yeah. I think Kat would maybe be a two because of her desire to like yeah, help the community I, and help others. And she's yeah, just like- Yeah, she likes to help in her like work workforce. Completely. So I can see that. Yeah, but she might be a six too because she might be a peacemaker. No, six is a loyalist. That's me. Oh, sorry. Eight. No, yeah. what's each? Nine. Nine. Nine is a peacemaker. So I can yeah. see you're having some of that. But no, I definitely think some of it is being having a tendency to be unintentionally manipulative. I think that's definitely me. Really? Yeah, because I think not – I don't want to say I'm like overly confident, but I feel like I can get my way. Yes. And I think that's where the manipulation can come in play. And I feel like I yeah. feel that sometimes with DJ. I get that. Because I know – I totally can see that now. Because I know – not that I try to use his weaknesses. This is going to sound so bad, but I feel like I can manipulate. No, but it in you should a way. know the, your your weaknesses so that you can change them. Yeah, or work I just on them I feel like I can manipulate the situation to get what I want because yes. I'm confident and you can like just stand up and say it. Yeah, yeah. So I I do feel a little bit manipulative. I feel like that's a personality trait I've always found myself having. Yes, and it's a bad personality trait, but also <laughs> I can get my way, so it's kind of it's kind of nice. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, what else is yours? Um. Well, something I don't, I feel like indecisive. I'm like definitely uh, not. No, indecisive. I would say you are very decisive. I like make my decision and I'm good with my decision. I never like overthink my decision, which is interesting to me that that's like part of it. Um, and then the other one was reactive, defiant and rebellious, which I'm like, okay, maybe like in high school, but. But not even. No, I wouldn't I even say that bad. No, like, I know. That. So that's kind of funny to but me. But also maybe you're more, maybe. But I, but I do see like a side of me that is like, I, I will go against social norms because I don't care. That, I was going to say that. I don't give a crap what people think about. Like, I think when people think rebellious, they automatically go to like drugs and alcohol for some I know. Reason. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But Trust I think me, for I'm too you, cautious it's, for that. It's definitely more of like a social norm thing for you. I, I would say. And yeah. like you definitely would be the one to stand up and like go against like the grain. Yes. Completely. I feel like but you also would. like I'm I'm also not somebody that will like go to like rallies or stuff. Like that's also not me. No. You know what I mean? No, but if so, somebody was doing something bad, you would say something. Yeah. No, like completely. Like in a group setting. I feel yeah. like you have no problem like doing that. No, I, I completely agree with you. And I – it says the reason sixes are so loyal to others is that they do not want to be abandoned and left without support. It's Aww. their basic fear. Which I love because I'm like, if I'm loyal, I expect you to like be, be that loyal. back to me. And so I don't want to be without whoever Have I'm loyal to. Have you had problems with friendship with that, do you feel like? I mean, not necessarily because I have you and you, yes. you know, my Enneagram and like, yeah. even before you knew that, but like, I feel like you've known that I've always been a loyal friend and like, I always will be. And so I don't know. I don't really feel like I have. Do you feel like I have? No, I, I'm relating it back to myself. Yeah. Mine back to yes. me. Like my fear of not being accepted. I think, I think that I, I will like overthink friendships because of that. Like I am scared that I'm not being accepted. I'm like my biggest fear is being left out. Like yeah. if somebody leaves me out of something, like it is, it literally, literally pierces me to the heart. And it always has. It you just know that no matter, about you. No matter who it it's is. It's like super, super personal. It, it is 100% personal. Yes. It's like they're attacking me even though they're not. And I, 
I can't get my head and my heart in the same place because in my head I'm like, Kenzie, you're being so dramatic and you are like letting this take And your heart is you. like, this is everything about me. It's, they like, don't like me. They, they don't like me. like me. I'm not this. Yeah, I'm which not is good my enough. fear is being unliked, being unlovable. And that's so crazy. I definitely feel that in my friendships. But that's why I have, I mean, it's nice that I have you. Yes. because I mean, we'll talk about me and you. I want to yeah. go into me yeah, and yeah, you. Yeah, so yeah. keep no, going on I, you first. I totally agree. No, no. I was just, that was good. Um, Wait, who's famous? That's your Enneagram. Mine was funny. It was, I have Ellen DeGeneres. Okay. Nice, and Ellen. Marilyn Monroe. Oh, that's her. a good one. She's a loyalist. <laughs> I love it. Um, I had Joe Biden. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> okay, bye. Um, yeah, that was mine. Um, mine is Oprah Winfrey, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, Meghan Markle. I got some good ones. I feel like a lot of people would be that because they're in the spotlight. Famous people that, you know oh, what I mean? Oh, that's tr- Like, that's Not necessarily tr- no, in I, the spotlight, but completely. they're like they're like achieving things and they're the enchanter they like to be like this enchanting to people complete. they love to be yeah. liked and they're famous okay so it works i got a lot of famous people you got a lot of famous people basically i'm gonna be famous it's fine <laughs> basically i'm famous okay so this is me and jamie's enneagrams together um wait i wanted to add this because oh, this is something super interesting it says sixes come to believe that they do not possess the internal resources to handle life challenges and and things alone and so increasingly rely on structures allies beliefs and supports outside of themselves for guidance and survival i feel like that is definitely not me i feel like i would go things head on by myself before i ask other people for help i completely I like don't agree with that. ask people for help no, I even if it's like that. destroying me that i need the help i i physically will not no i completely agree with that and so that was just interesting but i get why it says it says because they want like the guidance and they want to feel like safe and secure and so they need the help where I I don't I think maybe your childhood like brought you the opposite direction the nurtured yeah the nurtured or unnurtured (laughs) took me the the unnurtured the non-nurtured took me the other way where I am like I can do all things by myself completely but you're still a six yes exactly okay that's interesting that was just interesting so this is me and Jamie the achiever with the loyals because I can't do I'm a I'm a three wing two so this is just a type three which is the achiever I'm a wing two, which is the enchanter, but there's no way I can like do that do, with Jamie. Yes. So we're doing it together. So it says, surprisingly, this is not a common pairing, Jamie. <gasps> Rude. Although these two can work very well as a team. On the positive side, threes bring hard work, optimism, energy, and a desire to communicate to and connect with people and a feeling of unlimited potential both personally and in the relationship itself. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, there's there's so much in here. Sixes bring grounding, industrious hard work, perseverance in difficult times, and personal loyalty to the three. Sixes provide warmth, support, and a great deal of practical good sense. Six Sixes can also be bring a compassion for the downtrodden or the less fortunate in life. Threes can pick up on this compassionate quality in sixes and learn to open their hearts more deeply to the underprivileged and underfortunate. I love that it says that sixes, which is Jamie, can bring a great deal of practical good sense. Yes. We talked about this on like that video that we had to make um, about our strengths and weaknesses. I would always consider myself like a big dreamer and like I'm very like big picture. I can like see what I want to be. You can see the be. future and the vision. Exactly. Yes. But I'm and not I'm like practical like how do we get how do we to get that? there you have the you want to get there too yes. and you can be like this, I can see this, the and dream this. and I'm like absolutely but let's start at step one bingo and then it's like go from there and then we go from there so I love that it's like you bring a great deal of practical good style sense because <laughs> like, I feel okay, like I am work. 
senseless sometimes. Like, like I just want to do, do this it. And like, how do I just get there? It, how do quickly. I just get there quickly? Yes. Exactly. Which is like, I mean, that's so good to have those dreams because sometimes for me, the like fear of failure, I don't even want to have dreams because I'm scared I'll fail. So I'm like, oh, if I just like am cautious and like, yes, I have like a lesser goal, then I'll meet it. And like, I'm good. This is literally the next line. Threes help bolster the sixes confidence and develop self-esteem. Yes. So like if you don't feel like we can get somewhere, I'm like, yes, we can. We're doing it. Right. And then you're like, I'll write a list. I'm like, okay, we're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> we're literally doing it. No, I love that. And I feel like up, up higher where it was saying that um, sixes bring compassion for the downtrodder and less fortunate. I'm like, oh, well, I literally got my degree in social work. No. <laughs> like I feel like that's so me it's too. so you too. But I feel like you're also compassionate. So it's like threes pick up on that compassionate quality. And so I really liked that. Sixes err on the side of caution. Threes err on the side of too much ambition. That's our like trouble spot. Which, no, but I think that's great. No, but I We I found that as a strength because I am like, I have too much ambition and then you bring it back to caution. But I'm always like, like you're pushing me and I'm pushing you Completely. to do more than you're being like, Kenzie, reel it in. To like, be uncomfortable. Like it's okay to be uncomfortable. But at the same time, we have to like be realistic. That was so good. We should just end on that. Perfect. That was so Goodbye, good. Bye, guys. Good night and adios. Like, that was so perfect. So anyway, it's just, it's really cool. And if you have a best friend, I genuinely feel like you guys should take these tests and see what you guys are, especially if you keep fighting, because there is probably some reason that you guys butt heads. It is so true. I'm trying to see um, where we would really butt heads. Okay. Both sixes and threes have feelings, but they tend to put them aside in order to get the job done, whatever it is. Their different coping styles can get to each other's nerves by reminding them of their own weak spots. I mean, I can see that where it's like you are, you can share your emotions and you're okay with like feeling emotion and being emotional. And I'm like, it's fine. Like, let's just like, I think you assume it. I know how you're feeling, but I need you to that's tell me exactly, how you're feeling. You, we're done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> Another we're done. Wow. We are so no, that, on tonight. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And even that's the problem with me and Justin. Cause I'm like, <laughs> don't you just know that I'm like feeling this? Like you should sense this. But it's like, no. but should you? But should you? No, no. you shouldn't. That's you should not be how okay to talk about that emotion and so no I feel like that's really but you're always good at like what are you feeling about this like how is this going whereas I don't have to ask you because you just tell me <laughs> but you have to ask me but like, it's good you, because shut up then I'm like okay wait maybe I should bring out a yes. little emotion into this completely and so that's like also where the podcast has been so good because it's I so hard to be like to Com- share emotion but at the same time it's so good and healing it's so good and healing yeah it's so good and healing but also Sometimes it's too much, which on my part, it's a little too much. Sometimes we were talking in our group chat last night. We were sending like the emojis that like represent each of us. And Jamie sent the one that's like the big eyeballs with like the tears in it. And it's like, this is Kenzie because she's either crying of happiness or she's crying because she's sad or she's it's crying. Like at any point you're so happy, but you're also on the verge of tears. Like it's, you're just like, your emotions are very, they're like on the surface, Dude, ready to just happen. I could cry. Mine are like. 60 meters down it's like uh where do we get those and it's like I could cry out of happiness out of happiness but yeah, I also like, could cry because I'm really stressed out or I also could cry because I'm mad or I'm sad or you saw a cute video like oh it could be that Jamie that, got in my car the other day and I had like tears in my eyes and like, she got in the car happening? and I like was trying to look forward so she didn't see and she looked at me she goes what video did you just watch and I was like, like what are you I doing? hate that we're best friends that you knew that that's why I'm crying because I cry at videos I cried at like four videos today because I just I'm they're just cute. And I like cried them. in freaking primary today in church because my kids did such a good job singing a song and I was so proud of them. I literally could cry all the time. So that was my emoji yes. was me just like bawling, bawling all the time. But it wasn't the bawling emoji because I'm not always crying. I just always could be crying. Yes. I think but Bethany it, gave the best 
emoji of well, I don't what was your emoji of me did you do it um I, I said yours was the blonde yeah, girl I like because that. I can't top it because that's definitely you I'm like hmm, hmm. like could be nice could, could be, be no I'm just kidding <laughs> it's literally you though but also I'm a Gemini I'm like hmm, two personalities I don't conform to a single ounce of Virgo you don't we well, should have talked about that no because I don't believe in it I I I don't either there's there's points of it where I'm like, okay, no, I can relate to that. There's but there's none. also somewhere I'm like, mm, that's weird. Not me. No, literally none. Like I don't literally, I'm going to go Google it right now. Go Why don't Google. you get you and Justin's um, partnership together? What is I, I know my partnership, but now we kind of have to talk about our, vir- our what are they called? Okay. Virgos are humble, self-effacing, industrious, and practical. No, 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 no. Under the surface, they're natural, kind, and sympathetic. Which I could do You're that, but that's not under the Virgos surface. are methodical and quick thinkers, yet they have so much mental energy that they're frequently tense and stressed. I can see the mental energy. Like you always are and like... My mind doesn't shut off. Your mind I doesn't can, shut off. That's true. But at the same time, I'm ne- I am not methodical. I am not practical. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> like I just, I feel like I'm not my zodiac sign whatsoever. Mine is playful and intellectually curious. No. Gemini is constantly juggling a variety of passions, hobbies, careers, and friend groups. They are social butterflies of the Zodiac. Quick-witted twins can talk to anyone about anything. Find them buzzing between happy hours, dinner parties, and dance floors. I could find some Gemini qualities. I can qualities. see a couple. I think, yeah, I see. You could be some more Gemini. <laughs> I am a Gemini. <laughs> I am a Gemini. No, I'm like, I can see a little bit, but I'm not ever intellectually curious. Like, I'm not a curious person. I know what I know. I know what I like, and I'm okay with it. I could be a little curious. You can be curious. You know who's curious? Who? My daughter. Payson. Rossi. <laughs> Literally? Rossi's a donut. No, Why is not. Payson so curious? Rossi is too. Rossi is too. Dude, Payson, do you know what she was doing yesterday while well, all the other kids were in the castle at the birthday party? She was in the chicken barn by herself looking at the chickens. She wanted to, she was very invested in the chickens. Just curious. By herself. And Navy's like, play dress up with me. Navy was so mad that she wasn't in She was there playing with, with freaking Hazel, yeah. our new best friend. Our new bestie. Sorry. I was like, Navy, where's Payson? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, what? Payson was room. literally with the chickens, like holding chicken. <laughs> Who knows at that barn, you guys? Oh, Who no. Knows? No, don't go. No. Okay, okay. Back to the Enneagram. Okay, so I naturally went and looked at DJs. He yeah. is a nine. A nine is the peacemaker, which definitely makes sense. Read it because it's so DJ. Oh, it's so DJ. This is a fairly common pairing. Nines bring enormous support, encouraging, and sense of pride into three's accomplishments. That makes me want to cry. Well, you should read what it is. I know. I don't have it pulled up, though, and I don't have Wi-Fi. So I'm just going to keep going. Okay. Um, But that makes me want to cry because that's so DJ. Like, he takes such a pride in my accomplishments. He could talk to anybody about everything that I'm doing. Yes. He is so insanely proud of me and it just shows and you can feel it yes which is what you need because you seek validation threes can feel that with the nine behind them they are able to be themselves explore their potential and become their best mate friend and professional that they can be threes can help nines to properly value themselves to have more self-respect and to invest in their own development nine can help three relax and find enjoyment in simple things which i definitely feel like dj does center me a lot like i will wanting to be doing a million things and DJ will just be like, let's just chill. Like he's just as chill for a little bit. Yes. He is just really good at that. Um, but both are usually hardworking and want to achieve a degree of material success that will enable them to take care of others in kind of an extended family where everyone would feel safe, comfortable and thriving. They won't both want a pleasant, aesthetically pleasing home. That's interesting. Which I think is interesting. 
Um, to this mix, three threes bring energy, personal ambition, flexibility, and the ability to set and achieve long-term goals and efficiency. Threes energize nines and bring change and excitement to the relationship. Nine brings self- sense of safety and steadiness and the assurance that three is love for themselves and not just for their achievements, which I love that so much. So anyway, I feel like that's very like me and Deej because I feel like he can just really balance me out. Um, then it talks about how we are attracted to each other. It says they are, it says threes can meet in a highly couple, highly attracted to each other and attracted by the physical passion. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and a three and nine couple can almost be a case of too much too much of a good thing because both types are attracted to keeping positive values in their life alive and there can be so much attachment to comfort and stability in their world that it becomes difficult to question the status quo and the routines they get into neither wants to bring up conflict that the other has i definitely can agree with that i'd say you bring it up though oh i would bring it up more than dj yeah yeah dj would not ever he he would not definitely would literally not but you also don't love you both like don't like but i think this is very very Part of the reason I don't bring up the confrontation is because it says threes are heavily invested in having the perfect marriage to the outside world and it can be difficult to talk about their unhappiness in the relationship or frustrations that they're feeling. Because for me, I think a lot of that comes from like mom and dad. Yes. From seeing a very great relationship and seeing like such a wonderful marriage that I feel like if we have any struggles whatsoever, we don't have a good marriage. Yeah. We're failing. Yeah. And so I think that's a lot of nurture than it is nature Well, yeah, I remember like literally four years in you're like yeah our first year was like hard and you like told me struggles and it's like four years later literally like which is crazy you yeah. know what I mean it's like even though it wasn't you weren't gonna divorce it wasn't anything no crazy, I but just was saying that's the that was probably the hardest year of our that marriage. was the hardest if you were to pinpoint the yeah you were always time. like oh it wasn't hard I'm like oh no like that was our hardest year but for you sure. hit it but I hit it because you wanted to be like we're even fine. from you we're good and I think I've kind of left that a little bit yes completely I think, because I also feel like for me I felt more like we're in a better place and I feel like I truly have like a best friend yes and we've like grown closer that I feel like I'm more able to talk about it um let's see is there anything else no I think that's good I think me and Deej have like oh this is funny they may cycle go going <laughs> this is really funny they go may go through cycles of breaking up and getting back together Oh my, even though the underlying problems are not resolved. <laughs> That's totally I definitely weird. feel I that. I mean, that literally happens. That so. literally happens. But I think that is very helpful in seeing like where we're at and like yes. coming to appreciate. Like when I read this, I'm like, oh my gosh, DJ does support me in all of the things I need. He does. He literally does encourage me. He gives yes. me, he like brings me back to earth. He is so much peace for and me. he like calms you down to like relax. Yeah. I like, just. Let your mind relax. It's you can okay. chill for a but minute. But then you're also like, DJ, like, get out of the comfort bubble. Like, and he always says that. That's like his number yes. one thing that he says the reason he loves me is like, she always pushes me and encourages me to do different things yes. outside of my comfort bubble. Exactly. So basically, we're like perfect. I don't know. Basically, <laughs> we're literally perfect. We have perfect marriage. But you all need to know. It's so good to know these things oh, about it your truly partner. Is. It truly is. Kate, yeah. you and Justin talk crap, so I don't feel as bad. Oh my gosh, no. Justin is a type eight, which is the most rare type of Enneagram you can be. And the type eight is called the challenger, which I feel like is fits Justin very well. Eights are self-confident, strong and assertive, protective, resourceful, straight talking and decisive, but can also be egocentric and domineering. (gasps) That is so Justin. I know. So that's really interesting. So he is the challenger, which is also funny because his degree or he's like going to law school, which 
that's like very fitting. <laughs> he is a lawyer. For challenging people. But it says Enneagram sixes and eights can build an extraordinarily strong, long lasting relationship and take over the world. <laughs> oh. Both, both types feel that people and the world are selfish and untrustworthy and that the world is highly unpredictable. I don't feel like Justin feels that way. Do you? No, I don't think so. I think I feel more that than he does. That's what I was thinking. Like, too. I am. I'm like questioning people's intentions, people's motivations. Yes. Like I'm always like questioning people. But I could see Justin doing that as yeah. well. But I, he like is like, oh, like I bring that to the table. And he's like, yes, Jamie, and he's yes. Like, yeah. And it says, um, one therefore needs to take care of oneself and one's own interests, which is eights, and have strong allies and the ability to get back up from the sixes. So both sixes and it says both sixes and eights have deep, deep issues with trust, which I feel like is not Justin. I don't feel like that. But it says once they have bonded with each other, both types have done so on a deep level of their being. And while the relationship may change over time, they're never indifferent to each other. They both admire and try to embody strong strength, commitment to one's word, honor, unquestionable loyalty, responsibility, hard work, courage, a spirit of protectiveness, and fighting for the underdog. Both are doers and enjoy being active and getting tasks accomplished. So I can see that. Yeah, I feel that a lot. Um, And... Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of what it says. Okay, well, you got to tell us your weaknesses. I Those know, are all strengths. I got to hear some weaknesses. I'm trying to see if I screenshotted my weaknesses. Oh. I don't have any. We have no weaknesses. <laughs> we have zero. the perfect marriage literally <laughs> ever. Um, I don't think I, I don't think I did the weaknesses. Oh, okay. So well, I'm going to need to find that. Okay, well, I can talk about um, my, we also did the Myers-Briggs personality test. I didn't like the Myers-Briggs as much as I liked the um, Enneagram types. Yeah. I okay, think I found it. Oh, go ahead. Okay, I found it. So it says both sixes and eights are emotional, although both tend to hide their emotion and vulnerabilities the best they can. I totally see which that. Which is literally me and Justin. We both aren't emotional people. And so even when we are. Yeah, like when's the last time you guys cried? I can't tell you. I literally can't tell you. Justin cried when Rossi was born. That's nice of him. A year and a half ago. <laughs> and I don't know the last time I cried. I literally could not tell you. Yeah. Probably Same. when we got in a fight was our last time I, I was going to say that's probably the last that's time I cried. That's probably the last time I cried because that was, that was hard. <laughs> it was emotional. That so was let's emotional. not get started on no, that. No, but that's like, I would say like something that big though has to happen for me to cry. Yes. And so, and it, but that's also a bad thing in our marriage because we both like. Bottle it up. We bottle it up and we don't talk about things that are like emotional to us and so I think that that's hard but it says both tend to counteract and go on the offensive when threatened I feel they are being threatened I can definitely see that yeah we both are like on the defense like you almost both need to be right exactly and you both probably are right in some way or another but you want to be fully right and Justin's really good I'll give him a shout out he's really good (laughs) at saying sorry and being okay to not be right because I'm not and so I'm working on it. I'm DJ is too. Being I, able to say sorry, but I say I'm right, and then DJ's like, "Yes, I know." And then Justin's like, "Just like we'll apologize," and I'm like, "Okay, like yeah, you're right. I am right." But then I know that really deep down he, he is thinks also right. thinks he's right. <laughs> so that's probably our weakness on that is just we both hide our emotions, and then oh, it says power struggles of all oh kinds. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, literally, I feel like that's so true. That is very We're true. We're both dominant personalities, like. I don't know. I feel like we're both dominant, but I also feel like Justin can kind of like fly under the radar. More than you. More than I can. Yeah. So yeah, we will have to not be dominant. (laughs) It's so funny to like see different relationships and like the way that like you compliment each other. It's so true. Like it's so, and that every single relationship, no matter who you are or what you are, has their different struggles. It's so true. Like even though DJ is the 
easiest going human being in the entire universe and I could be so mad at him and he would just be like you're right honey I love you you're fine I get so angry because I am like like stop just saying that stop just you're just saying it like I don't want you to just say I I don't want you to to show me exact bing bingo I know you done with the podcast (laughs) okay we're moving on to Myers-Briggs which is there's like it's sick there's 16 different ones you can be which is crazy because there's four different categories yes so it's like four times four 16. 16. Okay. Math, you guys. Do math. Okay. So the first one is E or I. E is extrovert. I is introvert. Number two is S or N, which is sensing versus intuitive. So basically it says, how do you prefer to take information? Do you prefer sensing or do you prefer intuition? So S or N. And then the third one is, how do you prefer to make decisions if you... think through them or you feel them yes do you think through them or do you feel them and how do you prefer to live your outer life do you judge or do you perceive so you can be a bunch of different ones based off of if you are an e or an i s and n t f j or p so mine is e s f p that's like what i would be and jamie is e s f j with an a on the end yeah i don't know where that a came from that just came from me being like I wasn't, I didn't fit into like one of them perfectly. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. You don't yeah. fit into a box. Basically. I don't fit into a box, you guys. I'm super unique. I'm just really, <laughs> really cool. So I am the, this is, it's an ESFP, which is an entertainer. So my four boxes would be an extrovert, sensing, feeling, and perceiving. That is like my like words. Yes. Um, the personality type is bold, original, and I have good people skills. My weaknesses would be sensitive. Um, avoiding conflict and unfocused and then I thought that's that's pretty good the literal quote was a touch of chaos that's good (laughs) organized chaos organized chaos that's me but I thought this was really cool they had so okay I definitely agree with that but it says it's it went into your um parenting parenting and your career which I thought was really cool so the parenting that I thought was cool said Entertainers are some of the most relaxed, fun-loving parents out there. Playing with their children is a genuine pleasure for them. And people with the entertainer personality constantly devise new and exciting ways to enjoy their time with their children. From the first moment they hold their babies, entertainers are taken with the joy and wonder that their children experience and everything around them and share and encourage it as much as possible. That's totally Which, new. like, makes me sound like a really good mom. <laughs> but, no, but I feel like that's definitely – I can see that for Like, sure. I like to take my – You love to see, like – the new things. Yes. Yeah. I always say that. And I also like to take my kids to like explore. Yes. And travel and Completely. learn new things and see them doing things. Like I like really Love find that. like a lot of joy in yes. that. Um, and then it says, this is career wise, regardless of where their diverse passions lie, entertainers need freedom, novelty, and above all human contact. People with the entertainer personality style need to know that they aren't just appreciated, though that is very important, but they need to be liked. When entertainers come into work, they want to see a touch of chaos to navigate it with a crack of capable friends who are all too happy to take action by their side, which I think is cute because yeah. I'm like, I don't like working by myself. Like, no, that's why we do everything together. And then I also have like you have my a, friends yes. that do the same job as me and people yep. always wonder why like us four are really close friends it's because I like like that I love that like connection the connection to um, people. and then just to go off of that as well like the extrovert I definitely feel like I am like definitely more of an extrovert and I definitely oh, yeah. just like feel like I it says they like to please others and point out the best in people could be described as warm and empathetic um they value their Ooh, they base decisions based on personal values and how your actions affect others. And I definitely, like, I definitely see that. Okay, wait, this is really funny. And my manager is going to kill me for this. But in the perceiving sign, it says, see rules and deadlines as flexible. 
literally can be. I'm like, end of day. So like midnight. And he's like, no, end of day. You, like- t- you told me, like, yeah, I submit things end of day, midnight. And I'm like, okay, perfect. And then he got so mad. <laughs> so mad. Um, and this is like to improvise and make things up as you go. And I I could definitely see that. Yes. Like, I definitely see that. Because yeah. I am not as methodical a list maker as Jamie is. But you are. Oh, no, you're a judge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's mine, Jamie's. Mine is, so I'm ESFJA, like we said, so the extroverted. And it was kind of cool. We did the percentages. If you pull your percentages up, Kenzie, I think it'll be fun to like compare them. I was 82% extroverted, 18% introverted, um, which obviously you guys know extrovert versus introvert. You know what that is. What was your percentage? I'm 90% extroverted. 90-10, so we were close. Um, And then on my intuitive versus sensing, I was 63% sensing and 37% intuitive we're a little just swept i was 67 percent sensing and 33 intuitive you were 63 and 37 so we were the same though. no i know i just mean like oh. i was 67 oh, okay. you were 63 and then yes. i was 33 yeah, okay. okay which is interesting because i feel like i don't sense like feelings but i do sense my surroundings very well yeah i agree with that so that was kind of interesting to me and then um the next one was thinking versus feeling and i was pretty like centered on this one 54 46 so I feel like that's probably me even even when I do feel I don't like necessarily have to say my feelings but I'm not also not like a deep thinker I'm so I think 84 percent feeling that's so <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't more I'm surprised it wasn't more 100 zero no 100 and zero but that, that's a good like you, I feel like you, you're very in the middle I'm very in the middle yeah. it depends on my mood really like I would say mom would be like 90 percent thinking yes so I feel like you're good like dead middle I am I, I think you're dead middle. I'm a dead middle and then judging versus prospecting I was 85 percent judging 15 percent Oh, perceiving, prospecting, same thing. Yeah, I'm um, 66% perceiving, 34% judging. It says judging individuals are decisive, thorough, and highly organized. Oh, that's so you. They value clarity, predictability, and closure. That's definitely structure and planning to oh, spontaneity. That's, <laughs> I'm surprised I even have 34% I'm of surprised that. I even have 15% of perceiving <laughs> because I'm definitely like a judge type of, not judge people, but I'm judging my surroundings. I'm judging what I'm doing. You're I'm very organized. organized. I, yes. I like thrive off of that. So that was really funny to me. And then I had an A at the end of mine, which was assertive versus turbulent. And I was 51% assertive, 49% turbulent. So, oh, you were right in the middle. I was right in the middle, but assertive individuals are self-assured, even tempered and resistant to stress. They refuse to worry too much and tend to be self-confident when striving to achieve goals. So I was like kind of right in the middle of that though. I don't know what turbulent is. I think that's probably like more, me. more, more, you. more, me. more, you. <laughs> No. So that was kind of interesting. Unstable. Unstable. <laughs> My parenting was kind of cool. I actually just looked it up. It said, as parents, so I'm noted as the console. You were the entertainer. I'm the console. Um, and it says, as parents, consoles have an excellent opportunity to display their warmth, affection, and dedication in ways that have a real and positive impact. Console parents are able to establish rules and authority without being entirely overbearing, using their compassion to support, to smooth over the occasional miscommunication or difference of opinion. And it says, from the start, consoles try to ensure that their children feel safe and happy. People with a console personality type enjoy their support they are able to give to, as infants who are utterly dependent on their care. Family being as important as, as it is, this is an incredibly rewarding start to the relationship. Which I feel like that ending part was definitely me. It's like console personality types enjoy the support they are able to give to their infants, which I literally I love, love newborns. Because I love that, like giving that and, yeah. and needing that. So I feel like that was definitely That's me. very you. That's Just like the warmth and support. I think it's really cool. And like, I think it, everybody should take like personality tests because 
I don't know. I think I've learned like a lot about like myself and like where yeah. I am at and like my sense of self. And, and to analyze like who you really are. And you can find out so much. Like you don't just find out about like your personality, but also then you have like your spouse or your partner, or your friends take it and you can see how you can be a better friend and how you can specifically be a better friend to someone else, how you can be a better partner to somebody, how you can be better at your job. Like, yeah. And, or I mean, and weaknesses that you want to try and overcome and be better at, which is huge. Huge. I think if we're more self-aware. Yeah, exactly. More self-aware. I know, but it also is like hard to read sometimes. Like some of the things I'm like, Oh, I do that. I know. And some of the negatives, you're like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. I don't want to say that I do that, but I do that. I definitely do that. Yeah. I, I I love taking personality tests. We took them, We took a lot of personality tests in my psych classes, and it was always so interesting. And, like, I just – I love, like, learning about, like, your sense of self and the way that you work and the way that your mind works. And I just think it is so cool. So, everyone, I took all – I had a lot of DMs today when I posted my, like, Instagram that everyone's like, where did you take it? I took it on Truity, T-R-U-I-T-Y. Yeah. Truity. That's Maybe why I, when we release this episode, we can put it in our Instagram. In or yeah, in, in the bio, but we could also put it in the, or like a uh, link it on our Instagram story. Yes. So, so people can do it because it's really fun to know. It's just, I think it's so healthy to I know totally agree. where you're at in your life. And you can just understand people so much greater. Enneagrams really are just really cool. And no. so is the Myers Briggs. No, I we love it. We were going to go into love language, but I don't think we have time. Yeah, we're kind of over. <laughs> okay, so maybe we'll talk about it another time. Yes. But um, we can talk about our love languages when we do marriage advice. <gasps> I love that. Because, marriage advice is going to be next week. Yeah, we wanted to, maybe next week. We wanted to. This will be a great follow up. Yeah, this will be a good follow up with that. So, no, I, I really like We ta- We covered a lot. We covered a lot. So. We went all over the place from getting trampled by a pony to Mormonism to <laughs> personalities. <laughs> you know, that's just our podcast. Welcome. Yes. Um, but I just wanted to give a little bit of a notification that if you're not on our Facebook group, you are heavily, heavily, heavily missing out. You guys, the connections that have been made are really fun. Oh, it's been so fun. It is so cool to see all of you guys commenting where you're from finding friends where you're from and just like I don't know chatting I I I've been trying to like it. like everything and like be super all I there. know I need to go on today I haven't been on it all today sorry I've but... been trying to accept people too okay good okay well so go join our Facebook group quickly. and we'll post more there and yes we will excited about two a week so you'll hear from us again on Thursday yes and we will see you Thursday on the codependent podcast seeking the truth never gets old Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.